do my stuff. Does anybody out there know where Mus is? That's a great song. I daddy from Dumas. Good time, daddy. Big time, daddy. Is it a good time? Time. Watch me do my stuff. That's the best line. Those of you who are fans of the better things in life, who appreciate subtlety and the complexity of the human situation, you just better stay tuned because old daddy here is going to do his stuff. Bring it up, big corny old dad. Pow. Superb. Wait, we got everything Let's see. Humpty Dumpty. Well, that's not right. No, 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 it goes, uh, Humpty, Humpty, what is that second name? Wait a minute, it's right on the tip of my tongue, I don't know what it is, Humpty, Humpty Grumpty, Humpty Grumpty, that's it, Humpty Grumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Grumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all king's men could not put Humpty Grumpty together again. There, see, I remembered it. <laughs> hey, for a minute there, I thought I was, you know, my culture was slipping away from me. It's terrible when you feel your whole world beginning to slow rumble. What was the other one? Little, little Jack Warner sat in a corner eating a, what the heck kind of a pie was that? Little Jack Warner sat in a corner eating a pumpkin? No. Eating a, um, eating a, um. I, I I forget what kind of a pie it was. Eating a humble pie. No, it wasn't a humble pie. Little Jack Warner sat on a corner eating. Sometimes they say if you if you say something very fast, just you know let it come out of you. It'll come out good. Uh, let's see. Humpty Grumpty sat on the wall. That we got that one. Okay. Little Jack Warner sat in the corner. Shucks. Doggone it. Well, maybe it's because it's windy out. You know, the, the man is very definitely controlled by his environment. It's windy and cold out. And I'm not so sure I work good at eco there. Uh, it, this is the kind, you know, Corny, when my old man would look out of the window. And he would look long and hard, see, with his eyes narrowed to mere slits, see. He would look long and hard. And then he would say, he, now, wait a minute, I'll give you the cue. See, that means come on, bring it on there. He would look long and hard, see, with his eyes in a narrow, kind of a narrow way looking out and the wind would be howling past the windows and the rain is beating against the window pane and the old man would say you know boy is this ever a great night for a murder wow what a great night for a murder in the shade of the old apple tree, Rasmatens, hey, there we sat, just, just you and me. <laughs> I had my own little scene going, you had your little scene going, and the two of us sat under that crummy rotten tree, in the shade of the old apple tree, Rasmatens. Where everything began to look like there was no going back. It was there that I knew that life with with you was going to be sheer hell. Rasmatans, 
I got a fake now. In the shade of the old, old apple tree, old apple tree. In the shade of that old, crummy, rotten apple tree. In the shade of the old apple tree. That's enough of that. Captain, let's see. You know, I know a terrible, terrible variation. Uh, Humpty Grumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Grumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men then had a western omelet. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, I'll tell you this, that I know a couple of variations on that one. You know, it doesn't seem right to me. Humpty Grumpty. What nationality is Grumpty? It's a funny name. Hmm. Well, anyway... Uh, little Jack Horner, Warner, Forner, Gorner. Well, Spratt? No, it wasn't Spratt that sat there with his thumb in a pie, was it? We had a terrible variation on that one, and I can't even tell you that one. Boy, it's a cold, windy night. It's a rotten night for a murder. I'll tell you that, and I'm liable to be the one, as a matter of fact. Uh, but, uh, of course, you take things as it comes, don't you? <laughs> you doggone well better. Because that's the way they're going to be. Right, gang? Right, gang. That's right. Uh, you know, I feel a terrible urge tonight. What the heck's going on there? Hello, test. Hello, test. That ain't me. Oh, no. Don't look at me. Hello, testing. Oh, that was good. That was a nice little variation on a theme there. Anybody got a scope out there? I, I, I suggest you throw a scope on our signal right now. You're going to see some listed you figures, Dad, that you never would have believed. A serial radio station is putting out figure eights and cubes. Ah, there it goes. We've given up sine waves. For in the shade of the old apple tree, it is a terrible night for murder, and I think it's the termites in the walls that are about to do the murder. I can hear them now, knocking on the walls. Did you hear that? That wasn't me here. Humpty Grumpy sat on a wall. Humpty Grumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men said, Oh boy, hit it again. What a way to get yourself some publicity, Humpty Grumpy. Yes, we recognize that old self-destructive urge. We recognize that as you stand up there on that window ledge, Humpty Grumpy, that you're just hoping that the Daily News will come and take pictures of you. And that you'll be on page three with Jaja Gabor. You know, nobody ever tells you what Humpty Grumpy did for a living. Nobody tells you what Humpty Grumpy did before he took his fantastic fall from the wall. No one. So really all that mankind is interested in, friends, is in basic disaster. The defeat of the man. Uh, who would have liked, believe me, who would give who would give five minutes of his time if at the end of uh, the death of a salesman, Willie Loman gets a call from General Motors and they've appointed him the distributor for the Chevrolet for 1,400 eastern states. Dun, dun, dun. 
Oh boy, we're getting some nice sounds here tonight. That's all right. That's all right. They're ready. Hey, you know, uh, speaking of uh, of these uh, problems that we have tonight, uh, I was walking through the wind and the rain. A crummy, rotten night. You know, this is a this is a nights of evil portent. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting waiting for something to happen, and I'm looking at the paper there a little bit. Hello, testing. What the heck is that? Do you hear that, you hear that out there? Uh, uh, anybody listening? Do they hear that thump? Or is it just in here? Yeah, something's thumping in here. About every 15 seconds or so, something goes boom. You hear that? Oh, the magic of electronics. I think there's a lot more to this business, Corny, than we know. We're putting, now, you know that at one time that there was a great belief throughout large numbers of the Midwestern states that uh, that the reason people's teeth were getting a lot of cavities was because of the radio waves in the air? Yeah, you know, they started to broadcast radio. And uh, people all around the, the county, uh, everywhere, around at least northern Indiana, I know that there are people out there right now who still today feel that they've got rotten teeth because of all the soap operas that were broadcast at one time or another. Do they hear it out there? Oh, they do. Well, that's very good. That's what you're supposed to hear, friends. That's the way it's going out of here. You know, speaking of uh, mysterious problems, the other night uh, we mentioned something about garbage. Did you hear that dis- little discussion of garbage? You know? And uh, I got a note here in the, in the, in the uh, mail here from one of our spies out there from Cambridge, Massachusetts. And they're having a problem in Cambridge. You know, that's outside of uh, Boston. It's a very official-type town. And uh, they're having a problem out there. It seems that people are sneaking out to the city dump. And they're throwing in unofficial garbage in the city dump. And the head of the dump said, we don't want any bootleg rubbish thrown in the dump. Now, there are, there are crimes and there are crimes. And it seems to me that one of the most heinous crimes of all is bootleg garbage. People right now at this minute are probably sneaking up the dumps all over America with little bags of, you know, potato peelings and, and uh, uh, coffee grounds and sardine cans and little busted up milk current containers and all that stuff. And they're sneaking. They say, all right, Charlie. All right, I'll cover you. Okay, I'll cover you. You make a break for it. I'll keep the motor running. And you make a break for it, you dump the garbage, and as soon as you dump it, you run like mad, and we'll take Route 17. We'll get out of here quick. Yes, friends, garbage is becoming a major problem in the affairs of men. Oh, yes, garbage of all kinds. Uh, Garbage of the mind. Garbage of the soul. Garbage of the libido. And uh, garbage of the potato peeler. It's becoming a major problem. Nobody knows what to do with old used footballs. Nobody knows where to put old used Fords. What to do with ancient, rusted out Oldsmobiles. Nowhere do we have enough space any longer in civilization for the effluvia that nightly, daily, 24 hours a day, we spew out of our lives. Man, the most garbageful creature to ever move across the face of the globe and I say that maybe a thousand years from now all the people of that time will be walking around on maybe a thousand foot deep layers 
have all gathered fluvia of the ages. Millions and millions of ages. You know that when you walk through the streets of certain Italian towns, when you walk along through the streets there, they claim that the garbage that was thrown out by the Caesars is still on the streets and you could still smell it if you've got that kind of a smell. Nose type. That's it. Under the shade of the old apple. Not yet. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy smokes, what trouble. You know, uh, I, 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 I must confess something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to tell, tell the story. For those of you who, uh, who have lived sheltered lives, and there are a lot of people who have lived sheltered lives that don't know they've lived sheltered lives. In fact, I have never known anybody who lived a sheltered life who thought he did live a sheltered life. Ever. I've met people who have been sealed from the very day of their birth in cork-lined rooms. And every 15 minutes, this old man throws in a $20 bill. Or maybe, uh, you know, two pounds of uncut diamonds. Or maybe every 15 minutes, they bring him a hot fudge sundae. Make sure he doesn't cry. And he's the very guy that will turn out to be the novelist talking about how rough life is. Well... <laughs> I know a dozen of them. Boy, if I know one, I know 40. And and the, and the, for those of you who have lived sheltered lives, I would suggest that you better skid around down the dial because immediately following uh, the little whoopies that we've got here, uh, I think uh, we're going to do something that might uh, disturb those who live sheltered lives. You know, uh, it has to do with garbage, <laughs> which uh, reminds me, friends. Uh, this is WORAM and uh, FM in New York. <laughs> Now, come on, you've got who a rotten is Madame mind. X? Yes, who is this woman? So beautiful, what so beautiful. What is this? Moving from country to country, Boy. from man to man. Oh, no, I'll fight you Speaking with every breath garbage. in my body before I'll let you take my child. Lana Turner as Madame X, co-starring John Forsythe. <laughs> Have they made that old turkey again? Ricardo Montalban. Don't tell me you're afraid of your husband. Yes, Burgess Meredith. Tell him who you are. Here Delay, star of David and Lisa. <laughs> Why did you kill him? Constance Bennett. You have no child. No, no. You offered him when you became a rotten. Kill Benton. What do you want? The death of Holly Anderson. Lana Turner in Boss Hunter's production of Madame X in Technicolor. Or the return of Stella Dallas. A universal premiere presentation now playing at theaters all over town. We thought we would just warn you as a public service. The bright, clear taste in beer. Miller High Life, the champagne of bottled beer. Oh, that's Miller High Life. Bring me out of beer! The happy sound is about famous Miller High Life beer that has soared in popularity because millions more recognize the traditional quality and heritage of an unequaled, unchanging, truly great beer. Wherever people are living better, you'll find Miller Highlight in handy take-home cans, on tap, or in the familiar crystal clear bottles. Next time you want the very finest, ask for Miller Highlight, the champagne of bottled beer. Sparkling, flavorful, distinctive. Hey, that reminds me, people are living better, you said on that spot there. People are having more fun these days. Hey, why uh, would, would somebody please remind me 
I may do this at the limelight. Would somebody please remind me of the time that I... The only time in my life, really, I went to a beer party that wound up in a gigantic, swinging, window-breaking, tooth-rattling free-for-all. Uh, you know the kind that you always see in the movies where guys are throwing chairs through the front window and all that stuff? Uh, remind me to tell you about the time that I went to this beer party I was reminded when the guy said in the commercial there that people are living better. They sure are. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, a couple of more commercials here. Somebody, Shepard, is your suit Woolmouth and a yard wide? <laughs> oh, gee, that's awful when I hear that now. What a rotten <laughs> Woolmouth and a yard wide. Speaking of Woolmouth, uh, uh, it is inevitable now for those of you who are around the Miracle Mile out in, uh, out in uh, Long Island. Uh, as of Saturday at 1 o'clock, I will be at the Woolmouth store on the Miracle Mile there on Long Island at 1 o'clock Saturday. And I'm going to be publicly fitted for a, uh, gee, we had an obscene name for a for a tuxedo, which I will not even bring to you tonight. Did, 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 haven't, you, haven't you ever heard various uh, words that refer to tuxedos in a Snideway soup and fish? Because that's one thing. But no, there was another word for that. Of course, one, one phrase, one of the most innocent phrase was monkey suit. And uh, I will be fitted with a monkey suit uh, coming uh, this coming Saturday at Woolmouth at 1 o'clock. So if you want to be on hand, any of you uh, people type out there, we may even bring along a few kazoos. I would like somebody to play on the kazoo. We're going to give them away out there. Uh, uh, I would like to help about 45 kids play Tchaikovsky's uh, Pathétique while I'm getting fitted for my... Soup and fish on stage there. Okay, Woolmouth. They make a good suit. Now, let's see. What else do we have? Rover. Uh, Rover motor cars. And uh, this is a great car, you know. Uh, I, a couple of days ago, they took the BRM. You know the BRM, which is made by Rover, which is competing in all the Grand Prix everywhere. And they ran it up at Lime Rock, along with a, a group of the Rover TC 2000s. And I would seriously recommend any of you guys who are about to put a lot of money into a car, please, before you that, just take one ride in the Rover. This will be a totally new experience. Uh, very few guys have ridden in a car that can stop uh, for going 80 miles an hour in four seconds. 80 to zero in four seconds. That is a lot of stopping. And do it safely. This thing corners like a uh, supermarket cart. It's a great car, really. And if you would like pictures and descriptions, technical and otherwise, of the Rover, we would be delighted to send them to you. Send your name and address to, uh, oh, wow, my head hit on the, ro oh, that's another. Uh, send your name and address to Rover, W-O-R, here, and we'll see to it that you, incidentally, you better have your safety belts fastened when you're stopping from 80 to zero in four seconds. Now, we also have with us Port Authority. Now, what the heck is this? Somebody says on the back, cruelest. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's a terrible thing to say about the port. Now a word from the Port of New York Authority. Forty-five years ago this week. Happy birthday, dear Port Authority. Happy birthday, dear Port Authority. Happy birthday, dear Lincoln Tunnel, George Washington Bridge, and Holland Tunnel. That's silly. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the Port of New York Authority. And they say that this, this outfit operates tunnels and bridges. And they do it because they love you, really. Basically, and it says that it represents a uh, an investment over half billion dollars. Think what you could do with that instead of having a couple of smelly tunnels. And they were built at no cost by the general taxpayer. 
that's nice to hear. All right, now, we're back in real life, right? Oh, sp- before we go into real life, totally, remember now, it's, uh, no, let's go into real life. Bring me my birds there, please. Birds, birds, that's it. Birds. Very good. This is being brought to you for a specific reason. To establish the proper euphotic atmosphere. To establish that gentle poetic, that that little urge that runs through even the grossest of human souls. To soar like a bird. To do slow vowel planes in the sun. Snap rolls and maybe a few lazy eights with the with the wind rustling through your hair and the sun glancing off your wings. All right, bring it up there. Good old. Well, now, now I, 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 I'm going to have to ask a, 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 a very personal question here before we get too deeply involved in this uh, situation. A very personal question here. Dumas is in Texas near Amarillo. Somebody called in and said that. I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and watch me do my stuff. <laughs> uh, that's a, uh, my father, again, this is a, a personal uh, private family reminiscence. My father used to do a thing called the snake dance. That uh, There are in every crowd, there is in every crowd, excuse me, there is one guy who is known as the life of the party. There's always one guy who entertains everybody else at a party, you know, who tears phone books in half or does card tricks or tells dirty jokes. Uh, you know, there's always the life of the party. Well, my old man was known as, in the neighborhood, a card. Yeah, he used to say, old man Shepherd's a card. He certainly is. They said it a lot of different ways. But uh, the old man always took it to mean that he was a fantastic entertainer. He was. He was a very early uh, Jack Parr. Oh, he cut Jack Parr going away. Uh, I would say probably that he was a very early... uh, I can't think of anybody who worked in his actual field of entertainment. That when uh, the party began dull, the old man would get out in the middle of the floor and snap his suspenders, turn the radio up, and start doing his snake dance. Well, his snake dance, he claimed, was taken from a dance he once saw at the Star and Garter, which was a burlesque house of ill repute in the neighborhood. And the old man would do his famous snake dance. And as he did it, he would sing, I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas. Oh, watch me, I do my stuff. And, of course, the women would go ape. They'd swing from the chandeliers, and guys would pour beer into each other's hair and yell and holler. And the old man was gone. I mean, the whole night he was doing his snake dance and various other obscenities. So if uh, those of you who wonder how I got like this, I got from watching, you know, influenced heavily. Now, uh, we've cleared up the Dumas problem. wonder if Alexander... No. Can't be. He didn't name himself after a town in Texas. Uh, but uh, while uh, perusing quietly over the various chicaneries, of which my soul is a great repository of... I'm going to have to ask a question before we begin tonight's uh, story. Now, all of you sit here on my knee, and I'll tell a story. But before we tell a story, uh, this story, I'd like to ask a question. Now, I want you to be honest. I don't want any jazzy, funny, uh, pseudo-comic-type calls, anything like that. 
Is there any kid out there? And I'm specifically aiming this at a kid because this is a special question. Is there any kid out there who has an uncommon urge and has given into it? Who has, upon occasion, without the knowledge of his mother or anybody else in his family, visited the city dump for the purpose of just being in the city dump? And just squandering under the city dump. And then found that this is habit forming. Is there a kid out there? We won't we won't uh, we won't give your name on. I just want to hear that there's another kid because I don't want to believe that I'm alone in this. I don't want to believe that I'm alone in, in the terrible uh, lure that city dumps have always had for me. Is there one kid out there who within the last year has gone out to the dump? Just gone out to the dump. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, no funny business. Tell them, no, we, we don't have no time. You know, I'll tell you how this happened. One time, I'm a kid, see, and I'm living an ordinary life like all the kids in my neighborhood, you know, Schwartz and Flick and Bruner. And our idea of a really great time, no, he's he's faking it. No, he isn't? Oh, let's hear this now. Hello? Hello. Yeah? Oh, boy, you'd be surprised at the stuff you find in dumps. Yeah, but that isn't what I ask. I know more about dumps on than you do. What I ask was, uh, uh, how recently have you been out to the dump? Oh, gee, three weeks ago. Yeah? Yeah. Does anybody in your family know that you go to the dump? No, I hope not. All right, thank you. Thank you. He's not the only one, then. I'm not inventing this. Now, I'll tell you how I got onto the dump problem. You know, there's always a pusher. Uh, I don't think uh, very many people have ever started to say uh, shoot heroin or smoke marijuana or do almost anything unless somebody has goaded them into it. Now, where the first one started, I don't know. But uh, it's, it's, it's a fact that you have to be sort of pushed. It's, that's why they call a guy a pusher. You heard the phrase pusher. Well, a pusher means the guy that pushes you into the scene. And so I'm sitting in school every day. Everything is cool. And I'm, I'm with uh, Schwartz and Flick and Bruner. And our idea of a time was to go out and say, play, uh, we'd play baseball. We'd play, uh, oh, we'd play pass tag. Or we'd steal copper wire. You know, that was our idea of a good, innocent afternoon. Or we'd chase girls around. We'd yell at Esther Jane. Or we'd uh, chase Helen Weathers under the porch. And once in a while, one or two of us would catch her, and we didn't know what to do then. It's, you know, it's like it's like fox hunters. When they catch a fox, generally they don't know what to do with it. You know, they're a little embarrassed. They all sort of stand around and look the other way. Well, that's what would happen to us. And so that was, you know, we were just living ordinary kid lives. And one afternoon, you probably know this feeling. Uh, <laughs> uh, you make a friend who is your friend for about six months. For no reason at all, you suddenly get involved with this guy. And after that, you don't see him anymore. He he drifts off into his own world, and you drift back into your world, and you just have nothing in common any uh, anymore. Just just like that. Well, I'm with Schwartz and Flick and Brunner, you know, going along, doing our stuff. And the sun is shining, and the birds are birding. And one afternoon out on the playground, we're playing in recess, and we're playing ball and so on. And I get to talking to this kid. Now, you know how classes are divided into 1B and 1A? You know, two sections, or there's uh, 3B and 3A. Well, this kid was in 3A, and I'm in 3B. See, so we didn't really have much to do with each other. He was a half a shot ahead of me. 
but we were essentially the same age. And he's maybe nine and a half, and I'm nine, that kind of scene. And so we're out walking around, and I'm talking to this guy, and he's talking to me, and I'd seen him around. And uh, we, we, all of a sudden, for about 20 minutes like that, we're terribly involved. And so I'm talking to him, he's talking about Schwartz and Flick, and we're talking about Brunner. And a couple of days later, I see him, and he's cutting out after school. And I'm uh, with Schwartz and Flick and Brunner. They're going to play ball. And this kid named Doppler, he says to me, hey, why don't you go with me? And I says, where are you going? He says, come on. Where are you going? He says, come on. Come on. What's the matter? I said, well, come on. Where are you going? We're going to play ball. He says, come on. I'll, come on with me. I says, okay. And so we get on our bicycles and we start to ride. And I'm riding about 20 feet behind him. And he's riding away, seeing we're going down this, we're going down Kennedy Avenue. We're heading out in the country, see? I says, where are you going, Doppler? He says, come on, let's go. I says, come on, where are you going, Doppler? He says, follow me, wow. And we're going. Well, we went out of town about a mile and a half. And we're driving along on our bikes through the country. And the trees are all around. There's the river. We're going. I said, you're going to the river, Doppler? I always went to the river, see? He says, no, follow me. And we're about a half mile from the river, and he turns into this dirty, crummy little road that went down over an embankment and through a sort of a half-baked swamp, through a woods, and over another hill and down again. And I'm, you know, I'm behind him. We're going along. He says, hold me up. And I can smell this fantastic smell. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We go over the hill. We make that big thing over the hill, and down below us, there it is. Pow! Pow! Anyone. It was my first city dump. There it is, spread out before us. Thousands and thousands of acres of this magnificent, moldering human effluvia. And Doppler jumps off his bike, and we run into this pile of stuff. And I says, what? what? You know, at first I was a little squeamish. And he says, wow, look at this stuff. And we're running through the big piles of junk and garbage, and we're knee-deep in potato peelings. Yelling and hollering, and rats. That was the first time I began to see rats everywhere. And there's rats running all around the place. And Doppler says, don't worry about them. They just live out here. They're not, you know, they got plenty to eat. They're not going to chase you. And so I began to scrunch in the dump that afternoon. And I'm looking and I find a, a bicycle chain, a busted one. I find a big picture frame with a picture of a lady in it that's busted. I find a, a pitchfork. I remember I found the broken pitchfork with the handle busted off. And stuff, you know, that was just fantastic. I found an old smashed radio. Immediately, oh, I went ape over that, you know. I found an old radio. And so I'm putting all this stuff in a gunny sack, which I found out there. And Doppler has his own gunny sack. And I noticed the river ran through this dump. It was sort of a half-baked, little, crummy, dirty, rotten, oil-covered stream with cattails sticking out of it and mud. This is a real dump, you know. And, and you, it just stretched for acres and had big mounds and like mountains. Just went up and down. And I noticed that people kept coming up to this place with cars. People would drive up with new automobiles. And they'd get out and the guy would walk around and the kids would sit in the back seat. And he'd look around and he'd get back in the car and drive. And, and, and I, you know, I, this was a whole new world to me. The world of the scavengers. The dump people. The people who literally live and breathe and exist on the dump. Well, we went over one of the big hills, which was part of this dump. Remember, this thing stretched over maybe about 25 acres. We went over the hill, and there were two or three little shacks. 
built right on the dump. And there was a clothesline with the clothes hanging out and kids playing out in front. Can you imagine your front yard being the dump? And kids are playing on that. Uh, people are living. And these are people who live on the dump. And I asked I ask, I ask Dopper, I said, Dopper, to people, he says, oh, yeah, come on. Hey, hey, Charlie. He even knew them all. He'd been coming to the dump for years as a kid. And now he was dragging me into the dump world. Well, right across the river was a scene which this day remains one of the most vivid scenes that, that I recall out of that particular era of my childhood. There was a little house built right on the river. Now, this house was about maybe 20 by 20 feet, just a little square shack is what it was. But it was built entirely of old Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola and Copenhagen snuff signs. It was made out of old signs all over. It was a great-looking house. And it had signs, and it had things on it that said, uh, uh, it never scratches. And it had things like, talk a pop art house. Boy, this went all the way. Andy Warhol would have flipped. It was made out of old Campbell soup cans. And he had, he'd also taken big Sinclair oil drums, the green ones, and on the side is a dinosaur. You've seen those big bell drums, big 32-gallon drums. And it had cut them in half and flattened them out. And the house was made out of green drums with dinosaurs all over it. And he had a door, the door wing open, and his entire door and all around the house, up where the eaves would be, this man had put license plates, old license plates that he found. This was his decor. His whole door was covered with license plates all over it, like that. And he had a moose head, a great big moose head that he had dragged out of the dump that was right over his door. Gigantic moose head with a busted antler, you know, and it was all moth-eaten, one eye out. Fantastic moose head. And sitting on the door, the door was ajar the first time I saw it. Sitting on the door was a crow. Now, uh, not many people that I know in the big city have pet crows. And perhaps you're not aware that one of the greatest pets you can have is a crow. If you think, uh, if you think French poodles are great, if you happen to be hung on parakeets, if you think a parakeet is a great bird, let me tell you, you have never seen a bird like a crow. Because a crow is almost human. A crow is one of the smartest of birds. And furthermore, the crow is the only bird that I've ever seen that has a sense of humor. That the crow literally bugs people and does it deliberately. That if, you, if you've ever lived long in a swamp, and I have, if you've ever spent any time in the marshes, if you've ever uh, lived among crows, you know that the crow, the crow knows, for example, when he's being hunted. He does. That any farmer will tell you, the minute you walk out of your house with a shotgun, you won't find a crow in 40 miles. He knows it. He sees it. <laughs> you know, instantly. Uh, and so, when you're going after a crow, you have to pretend like you're a Presbyterian minister out on a call. And, you know, you, you have your shotgun disguised as a cane, you know, and you walk along there and you, you quote the scriptures as you go. You may get a crow, but you'll only get a crow because crows are basically atheistic. And the crow will come over and say, Holly, yeah, so is your old man, wow. And, you know, you quote another scripture, yeah, well, well. And just about the time uh, he's, you know, he's beginning to get a little overconfident, you say something like, I love thy brother. And he says, yeah, well, well. And then you blast him. And you may have a crow. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about a crow, if you've ever killed a crow, you know that killing a crow uh, hurts your conscience. It's like shooting your, your uh, cousin Charlie. 
because the crow really has a sense of humor. Well, sitting on the on the on the door of this guy's house is a crow, and this crow is watching me and Doppler. Now he's about nine feet. You know, crows are big. This baby was about two and a half feet tall. You know, he was a big, well-fed, grown crow, and he was a tame crow. And so this crow is sitting on the top of the door, and it's half open, and he's looking across the river at us. Well, Doppler and I start coming down the mud banks. They were looking over at this guy's house with all the great the, the license plates and the dinosaurs. I always thought, gee, what a great house to have dinosaurs painted on your house and to have, uh, have Vermont license plates. He had picked up license plates from all over the country. He had red ones and green ones. What a great house, see? And I'm looking across over there, and Doppler and I are sneaking down the bank, peering across this little river, which was not more than maybe 30 or 40 feet across. Just mud, you know, the crummy little muddy streams, what it really was. And the crow is watching us. He's got these two eyes, and he's watching, and he starts bobbing back and forth. You know, crows. Well, whenever a crow is about to do something, I warn you, if you're not a crow uh, student, whenever a crow opens his beak, he just opens it up, just like that. Look out. He's liable to do any one of about five different things. One, he's liable to take off. Two, he's liable to uh, commit a nuisance. Uh, three, <laughs> uh, they often do that deliberately, just to show you who's boss. Three, he is liable to start giving you the business. Or four, he is liable to say something rotten. Because crows, better than any parrot I've ever met, crows really can talk. You can train a crow to speak better than a lot of people learn to speak. You know that? Have you ever heard a talking crow? So this old crow is sitting up there, and he's looking across the river, and we're in the middle of this dump and great big piles of effluvia. Oh, one other thing I'm going to have to tell you what this guy had on the outside of his house. He had on all four walls of the house, all the way around it, space at about two foot intervals. He had toilet seats nailed right to the, right to the side. Apparently, this guy had seen pictures of portholes and ships. And he liked that idea, so he had these toilet seats all around the house. It was a great-looking house, and he had a tremendous American flag flying over it. He had a pole with a gilt eagle on the top with this big flag. It was all ragged. You know, somebody threw a flag out. Look at the flag. So sitting on the, on the top of the door is this crow. And the crow, all of a sudden, watching me and Dopper, all of a sudden he hollers, Here they come! Out, they're coming! Here they come! Well, the crow spotted us. And instantly, out of the house came this old guy with a derby on his head. This ancient old guy who lived in the dump. And, and he was the color of old cut plug, you know. Yeah, this guy had lived on nothing but chewing tobacco and old, old potato peelings and apple cores for life, you know. And it, once in a while, he would, he would drink, uh, obviously drink what's in the bottom of the bottles that he would find, all that kind of stuff. So he comes out, and he's standing there, and the crow's like, Here they come! Here they come! Look out! And he looks across the, 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 the river at me and Dapper, and the, he says, what do you want? What do you, what do you want? And the Dapper says, nothing. And he says, do you want any worms? He is selling worms. This guy is down there on the river selling worms and dough balls for anybody who wants worms and dough balls to fish for catfish in the dump. He's open for business. Well, we sat on our side of the river for about 10 minutes, and Doppler is scrunched down next to me, and this guy goes in his house, and Doppler says, let's go home and play with the crow. 
And so over the river we go, which was very easy because there were just little, you know, little islands. and The river was about six inches deep, that kind of a river, in a little mud. So we hop across on the tires and the, and the cans and the old, the old logs and the crummy junk in there. We get on the other side, and the crow is looking down from the door at us. Just look, see. And I go up to the crow, and the crow looks down at me. What do you want? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm telling you, I'm not inventing this. The crow is talking. What do you want? And the guy comes out again. Well, for about a half an hour, we sat on the riverbank, me and Doppler and this old man, knee-deep in potato peelings and coffee grounds and apple cores and old beer cans, and sat and looked at the water. And the crow sat on his shoulder. And all three of us sat there and looked out across her. Well, from that day on, at least three times a week, me and Doppler would go out into the woods on our bicycle and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner never knew this because I felt like I was doing something rotten to my friends. I, you know, it was an underground life. We would go out to the dump and look for stuff. I would find broken knives and axes. I would find things like uh, old footballs and fielders mitts. I would find all kinds of things, old bridge lamps and old old coffee grinders and stuff. And then for about 20 minutes, we would go across the river and sit on the riverbank with this old guy and watch his bobber. He had a bobber that floated all the time in this muddy water, waiting for an occasional carp that would come by. And the crow would sit by there and watch us, and he would talk once in a while. The crow would say things like, nice day, nice day. And I'd say, yeah, you know how kids are. And it got so that I, I completely got myself involved with the crow, the old man, Doppler, the toilet seats, the dinosaurs. And then one afternoon, I stopped. And I never went back again. And I never saw him again. The crow, and in fact, for that matter, Doppler. A few months later, he moved out of town. Never saw Doppler again. But every time I go past the dump, when I see those cars driving around out there, I can think of people with American flags and license plates. And, you know, it's all there. Out there. Now, you see, when I say, when I say uh, a sheltered life, I don't know. I don't think many people have sat for hours and watched for an occasional carp to pull the bobber underneath with a crow who, by the way, was a drinker. The guy used to feed the crow beer all the time. And the crow would sit there and say, Give me some more! Give me some more, I said... Yeah, that's a rich, full life out there. You gotta know where it is.